Hello, listeners. Welcome back to another episode of the Parent and Family Orientation Podcast here at Minnesota State University, Mankato. We continue to make our way through uh, the summer here as we build our plans uh, um, day in and day out as we get ready for the fall. And a fall, like many of you can su suspect, well, is going to be different than other falls. I think today's episode is going to be of particular interest to a lot of our new students as they are coming to campus, especially the ones that are choosing to live on campus, which we house the vast majority of our incoming class every year, so we're pretty excited um, about that special opportunity we have. We are joined today by Cindy Janney. She is our Dean of Students and Director of Residential Life here at the University, and um, I'm going to ask her to share a little bit more about herself, but uh, Cindy is a true campus leader in a lot of different ways, and so um, it's wonderful that we'll have this opportunity to kind of share some more information that she's has, as, as well as the plans that her team has been developing in concert with uh, Minnesota Department of Health and other experts in, in our area to make sure that we are safe and, and have a healthy experience prepared for our students as much as possible. So, Cindy, welcome. Thanks for uh, being on the podcast uh, here today. And so to give uh, our listeners a, a little bit more background on who you are, you know, how long have you been at MSU? And is there anything in particular you, you like about working at the university? Um, David, I've been at the university for over 20 years. And I have two favorite things. Um, first of all, it's our students. Uh, our students come from all over the world and mostly South Central Minnesota and the Metro. And our students, the majority of them come a little bit uncertain about what they can achieve and nervous about being able to do that. And we really get to see a transformation in them as they build their skills and learn what they're capable of and begin to demonstrate that. So students would be number one. And number two would be the, um, the faculty and staff that I work with every day. Uh, there's a, such a strong commitment to student success. Um, like as I have been here for a number of years, there are there's a cadre of faculty and staff that have also been here for a number of years and have seen the relationships and the transformation of students over time and really value that and value working hard to, to create the environment for our students to be successful. So those are my two favorite things. Wow, those are fabulous. And I do know what you mean. It's, it's great fun to, especially to watch the maturation process of a new incoming first year student who then starts to step into a leadership role, maybe a second year or third year, and just that growth and change. And then um, on occasion, we're super lucky. I just had um, one of your former CAs reach out to me. He's now applying for graduate school, and he graduated about three years ago and uh, is looking for a reference, but it's the same thing. It's kind of fun watching that kind of that growth process and, and uh, a pretty earnest kid who had some natural leadership abilities, but is going to take it to yet another level. So it's exciting to see that. So that's wonderful. Thanks for sharing and, and all you're doing with that. It is no secret, we're in the midst of a pandemic. And <laughs> um, with that, um, there's been a lot of changes, not only to our planning, this orientation that we have this summer is different. And uh, we're obviously putting a lot of energy into what the fall will look like. I get stopped in grocery stores in town. People are asking what, you, what we are doing as a university. What are we doing for housing in particular? Can you give us a 10,000 foot view? What, what is housing gonna look like at Minnesota State this fall in the midst of this COVID-19 pandemic? Sure. Um, well, we will be uh, housing students in both single and double rooms. Um, I can tell you that I served on a Minnesota Department of Health, Health work group and learned from Minnesota Department of Health or MDH that 
um, that double rooms are um, okay with them and and safe for the pandemic. Some of the things that we're doing to limit the transmission of the coronavirus, we are putting up signs to encourage students to do daily symptom checks so that they can learn what the symptoms are and they can um, choose to contact their healthcare provider if they notice any of those. We're encouraging all students to wear, ma to wear masks and the university will be providing Maverick masks uh, that's a branded mask for all students to, to be able to wear. Uh, we'll be doing in the residence halls, um, our bathroom cleaning will be um, increased to two times a day. Um, all of our rooms have sinks and that is gonna be a really helpful um, item because students will be doing their, brushing their teeth and doing their daily personal hygiene at, at sinks in their rooms. We're providing some liquid soap uh, for those sinks. Uh, and we'll, we've also been, we've got a number of other strategies and we've been working with our dining partner to have a lot of strategies in our dining center to support uh, student safety. Wow, you know, the, the, there's just so many things. Right now, all of us in our homes are trying to figure out how we can continue to keep our, our home clean. It's, we're going to work, we're going shopping, coming back. So it's good to hear that, you, you know, those steps are in place to have additional um, cleaning supplies and, and soap and, and things like that. You know, so many of our students as is, is they, um, you know, are thinking to come back as well and you're ready for everything. Um, Move-in's a big part of, of that process, right? You you know, we've, we've for years, we've been watching students and families, um, you know, unload at the curbside and start to move all their belongings upstairs and everything. With the recommendations from the governor right now, we, you know, we're supposed to be practicing some social distancing. So how are you looking at adopting move-in to help you know, honor some of those needs to, to hopefully you know, keep us a little more safe? Well, I hear what you're saying, David. We have plenty of photos of past move-in days with um, uh, hundreds of volunteers outside helping uh, people move their belongings in, but um, we'll be changing our plan this year to support that social distancing. So uh, residence hall students will be receiving an email that invites them to sign up for an early drop-off time. So that would be um, in early August, the first half of August, a time when they could come to campus, get their belongings up into their room, and then leave and go back home. So we're encouraging students to think of about 90% of their belongings. They can get their room set up and then return back home. So when they do arrive back on campus, they're not standing in a long line. When we do those signups, we're limiting it to only about 20 or 25 people per time slot. So there won't be a lot of people on campus or at any given building. Um, in addition to that, um, we have a number of students who are from farther away and it would be inconvenient to come and do an early drop off and leave again. So we're expanding our opening period for, for um, about a week prior to the start of class and students will be able to sign up for an early move in. Mm -hmm. So it would be the same kind of process, only 20 or 25 students in a time slot arriving on campus, but then a student would move in and stay until class starts in the days following. Uh, that makes a lot of sense. And then, you know, provides still that personal approach. We, we don't want to um, inhibit any family's opportunity to do that, that special photo op as they're unloading everything in the residence hall room. And for those that have had a, a student go to college already, you probably know what we're talking about, but, uh, it's clearly a special day and a special time. And so plans like those, I think, will enable people to still kind of honor that natural transition, whether it's to adulthood, to college life, however you want to describe it for you and, and your student. But uh, 
that, that personalized approach in, in a safe approach really makes a lot of sense and um, appreciate you and your staff thinking through how that can, can, can be possible. Um, I imagine uh, somebody's gonna listen to this and say, well, neither one of those may work. I imagine like you do for some of the other things, say, just reach out to us and we'll figure out how we can, we can help figure out the, the right solution for you and your family based on whatever limiting uh, situation might be out there. Is, I assume that's true and best way to get a hold of you guys is how. Yes, um, students and families can contact us. Uh, our phone number is 507-389-1011. And they can contact us during office hours uh, from 7.30 to four during the summer. And they can contact us af after office hours and we'll call them back the next day. Perfect, perfect. Um, so we get moved in um, and our hope is that we get through the rest of the semester with no no interruptions, nobody gets uh, COVID-19. Um, as we look at thousands of people living on our campus, tens of thousands literally studying on campus, you know, the chance of somebody coming up positive is, is, is pretty good statistically at this point. You know, what is your plan? And if a student who lives in the residence halls, you know, is, becomes positive with the COVID-19 um, diagnosis, Sure, we have um, set aside over 100 spaces for students to be able to um, quarantine or isolate on campus. Um, students who are positive may also choose to do that at home. They may wish to return home. Since so many of our, our classes are being offered in a flex sync uh, method where students can attend in person or online, for a student who's positive but not feeling a lot of, um, not feeling really terrible, they can continue to proceed with their coursework online. So that's a really, really helpful piece of planning that our university has put in place. For those students who do isolate on campus, we will support them with daily contact. We will, they'll be able to order their meals online and we'll deliver those daily. We'll provide their mail to them. If they need something from the pharmacy or prescription, we can pick that up and deliver it to them. So while they will be isolated in the sense that they are, won't have contact with other people to prevent the spread of disease, we will be paying attention to them and making contact daily. Now there's no way that's the same kind of care that a family provides at home. So if what a family needs is for a student to be in isolation with us for a couple of days until mom and dad can make arrangements to come to campus and pick up their student and take them home, um, nothing heals like mom's chicken soup. So um, that we can, we can be very flexible with how we serve students to meet their needs. Mm -hmm. Well, that's wonderful. So the, the key message is nobody's going to be kicked to the curb <laughs> at no. this point. No, we, yeah, clearly we have a much more caring approach. And, and um, listeners probably remember earlier episode, we do have a student health center on campus. And so it's located within the same complex as our residence halls. And so um, to have that kind of one-two punch really provides a ton of support um, from the medical side as well as then from the living side uh, to help students navigate this at this point in time. So um, we're, we're pretty lucky. We're one of the few universities in the state of Minnesota to have um, that kind of uh, broad kind of response and, and resources. So, um, And it's, I think, also important for families to know there's not an additional charge for this. When your student gets sick and they need to be in isolation, we will make arrangements to move them over there and they'll be there until their healthcare provider says that they can go back to their regular residence hall room. We won't, there won't be additional charges 
uh, for that. We just want to take care of that individual student and then also take care of the whole group of residence hall students um, by uh, supporting safe practices to keep the whole population safe. Right, right. That, well, thanks for reinforcing that. That's an incredible kind of caring approach. It makes sense. You know, one of the, the things we last night, Cindy and I had an opportunity to interact with uh, Minnesota Department of Health epidemiologist. Oh, I said it first time. Um, who, who was sharing with us, um, you know, some of the, the latest things that they are continuing to consider. And one of the things that, that we talked about was um, how all of this will work in tandem together when the student also helps us. Um, in the event that there's a good chance that a student, perhaps they went home, um, they're, they're either not comfortable using student health and go to a local provider, local healthcare provider, so they might get a, a positive result that we wouldn't know about. So, um, you know, it's important, I think I'm just kind of, this is not a question, but it's to reinforce for families that as you work with your student, if there's a positive um, uh, diagnosis of COVID-19, to, to let the university know. And we'll provide more details on how to do that in a safe manner, because uh, we want to make sure we provide the, the, the most healthy environment we can. And that means recognizing when someone might be um, sick in that environment. So, um, you know, Cindy, you've got the, the, the blessed um, staffing model of having a, a, a student leader on every floor. Can you talk a little bit more about how that interacts with, with kind of helping support students during the year? Sure. Uh, our community advisor staff, uh, we call them CAs. They are um, students who have had a good experience living on campus and who have said, yeah, I would like to be able to help other students. And so they will have received about 10 days of training in the fall before we before we uh, open. And their job is to reach out to the students on their floor and begin to get to know them and connect them to resources, to the kinds of activities that they wanna become involved in, um, to provide the information that students need to be successful. Now we're um, shifting the way in which we do that this fall. So we'll be offering um, a lot of that kind of uh, the, the instead of having a meeting where we pull all 40 people onto on the floor into a room, we'll be doing that virtually. You know, we're fortunate that our students are digital natives. So these virtual kinds of meetings um, and connections are not foreign to students. Uh, so they, they know how to do that. And um, so our student leaders will initiate kind of the overall, how do you do the laundry? What are the rules here? Um, kinds of information to make sure that students are informed. And then um, we'll move on to events and activities that are offered in a way that's socially distanced um, uh, and in a way that takes advantage of online resources like um, Facebook Live, uh, Zoom, and other um, platforms that allow people to connect virtually. Absolutely. Well, that's wonderful. Again, we just another example of some of the resources that you've put together to help our students be successful. You know, another question that we're starting to see a little bit right now, and, and it's it's indirectly related to your services, is the question about the academic calendar. And are, are we seeing any changes of what we might be doing with um, move in, move out, those kind of things. And and um, I guess for our listeners right now, um, and I, we're recording this on June 24th, so let me put a date stamp on it to, of what we know as of today. Um, we do not anticipate or see a change in our calendar, our academic calendar. So move in you know, would be slightly elongated to an earlier period as Cindy was sharing um, to help uh, ease kind of the pressure so we don't have too many people there at one point. 
but we, we, at this point in time, we don't see any change to the end of the semester as well. So I imagine as we get closer to the mid and the latter part of the semester, you might have more directions for our students and families related to what does that move out look like um, heading into semester break to, to again, kind of what can we do to keep our environment safe and everything? Sure. We, um, we're fortunate that the Minnesota Department of Health has set up platforms to be in constant contact with universities and provide us with uh, the most updated information and that we have collaborative work groups across campus to help us share that with one another and continue evolving our planning. And we're fortunate that we have campus leadership that's been very attentive to the issue and has taken it incredibly seriously. So I appreciate that as a, a mid-level leader on campus that um, I'm connected to um, my colleagues throughout student affairs and throughout the university uh, so that we can coordinate how we're approaching this and do it successfully across campus. Oh, excellent, excellent. So stay tuned, Is the, the we'll have more information related to that as, as, as we continue to go through. You know, Cindy, as our, our time is kind of winding down here, one of the rites of passage, I think for every college student family is that back to school shopping. You know, with, uh, whether it's a new book bag, you know, that might've happened during your high school time, you know, a uh, new sweater, new shirts, new shoes, whatever it might be. In light of the pandemic, some things that are going on right now, are there, how is shopping, you might suggest, be a little different for families this year? Um, that's a great question. Um, families can go to our Residential Life website and we'll have a, a shopping list there and you'll see those extra long twin uh, bed sheets listed on that to fit our, our 80 inch long mattresses. But some things to add to the list this year would be um, sending your students to, to college with a number of masks. Uh, if you think about a student wearing one mask all day long and then putting that same mask back on the next day and the next day, um, not the best practice for health and hygiene. So uh, I would recommend thinking about five to seven or more masks. The student can wear it during the day, drop it in their laundry, and at the end of the week when they do their laundry, they'll, they'll start the next week with clean masks. Also, a, a thermometer, um, you know, just Trying to decide if you have a temperature is, is a little shaky, but if you actually take your temperature, you'll know. So you can um, consider uh, sending your student to college with a thermometer, and then when they're doing that daily check, they'll, have a, they'll know exactly what their temperature is. That'll give you some comfort as a parent, too, um, that uh, your student has the tools to take care of themselves. Absolutely. That makes sense. And, and I know you recently um, helped send a, a student off to college last year, so you've got some experience with this uh, firsthand and, and knowing the, um, uh, both the fun and the stress sometimes associated with that as well. Uh, yes, indeed. Uh, we're, we have one who's graduated from college and has a job, and we have one who has just finished her sophomore year and moved into her first apartment this summer. So um, I have great empathy for parents who are going through this uh, for the first time. It is a rite of passage for students and for families. I think it's important. It's important for parents to know that you're the expert. A parent is the expert on their student. Uh, staff at the university are experts on a group of students in this age group, this 18 to 24 age group, coming to college and transitioning through their first year. And so we really need to partner together. And we've had great success when, um, you know, a parent calls us and says, hey, something's not quite right with my student. Um, we can work through that problem together. So 
we, um, we invite parents to contact us. Of course, we're gonna um, maintain students' privacy um, as mandated by federal and state laws. And we're gonna support parents as well in partnering together with us to support that student's success. That's a good way to put it. Even your dog's excited for it. <laughs> so Cindy, um, anything else you'd wanna share with our, with our listeners and family members today? We're just all excited to welcome students to, to campus. Um, it's been a, a, a quiet summer on campus and um, we're looking forward to um, implementing all of the planning we've been putting in place and welcoming first year students uh, so that they can begin their own um, transformation in determining what they wanna major in, what they wanna study, um, and becoming the adult that they're going to become. So um, congratulations to parents who've brought their, their student to this, this threshold. It's, it's a huge achievement. Um, and, um, and it's one that I respect greatly. So I look forward to, um, to welcoming students this fall. Excellent. Good way to wrap up. Um, again, thank you for taking your time, Cindy. And, and I have the pleasure of kind of looking behind the curtain, if you will, and I know the work that you and your team have been putting in this summer. So thank you for all of that as well. And um, again, family members and students who are listening, if you have questions, you know how to get hold, uh, just contact the residential life office and, and we've got somebody there uh, manning the phones to answer any of the questions you might have. And um, with that, uh, we wanna thank everybody and uh, watch for future episodes. Upcoming ones we're looking at doing are ones on dining, uh, going to be interviewing a professor soon, uh, Greek life, and then some of our student leaders. So watch for more episodes and, and uh, let us know if you have any questions. Thanks, everybody, and stay safe.